Right now, let's get an American journalist's view of what it's like to live in Paris. The neighborhood where Elaine Cholino lives doesn't show up on any top ten lists of places to visit in Paris, but it's her favorite part of the city. Her neighborhood along the Rue de Martyrs succeeds for the most part in maintaining a traditional feel for everyday life in Paris. It's got more than 200 shops, restaurants, and businesses all gathered together in a dense half-mile. It's where Parisians still take time to chat with shopkeepers and one another, as they've done for generations. Elaine introduces us to her neighborhood in her book called The Only Street in Paris. Elaine, bonjour. Oh, it's always fun to talk to you, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you are sort of living the dream for a lot of people who just love Paris. You're living not only in Paris, but on a street that you just love. Uh, You call it the only street. Tell us what's special about the Street of Martyrs. Well... It's my only street, and I say it because I was able and fortunate enough to develop a very special relationship with the merchants and the artisans and the inhabitants of this street. And it's very different from my old neighborhood, which was in a much chicer part of Paris, over near the Bon Marché department store, not too far from the Eiffel Tower and the Luxembourg Gardens, and you really had to get all dressed up to go out to buy a pound of butter. (laughs) This street, the new neighborhood where I live, is what they call much more populaire. It's much more popular or down-to-earth. And so I can be myself on this street. And over time, I kind of just got to know everybody, and that made all the difference. So what makes the Street of Martyrs unique? I mean, how is it special? Imagine going out every day, no matter how blue you're feeling, at about 12.45 and buying a hot, crusty baguette, the perfect baguette. How can you be sad if you have the perfect baguette? Mm. How can you be sad when just across the street is the cheesemonger who's been there with his wife for more than 50 years, and he will take all the time in the world to explain to you how to know when a camembert is perfectly ripe. Mm. And then you just go next door to the butcher and you can buy the most extraordinary smoked jambon, uh, jambon fumé. And you can even talk, you know, have a conversation with the butcher about slicing it at the exact right thickness that you like, because it's <laughs> oh. the way your father sliced it in his little Italian food store in Niagara Falls. I love it. Simple pleasures. That's what makes it. <laughs> I mean, you can see all the museums in the world, but if you can get that joy of simple pleasures... But, you know, some people would say, yeah, but you're spending more money for your cheese when you buy it in a little shop like that. You could save money by buying it at a supermarket. What, what would the people on your street say? You know what the French do? And it, it takes a long time. They'd rather have a better quality of food and eat a little bit less. So you might find yourself in the butcher shop behind the little old lady talking to the butcher for 10 minutes about her two <laughs> perfect lamb chops. And will they be sautéed? Will they be broiled? Will they be baked? Will they be uh, marinated? And you have to wait there. And our American sensibility is, you know, we grit our teeth and we say, oh, my God, this is taking too long. But after a while, you just say, if I'm going to survive, I better get into the act. So you kind of get into the conversation. I have discovered my inner Julia child on this street. Perfect. Nobody makes fun of me when I talk for 20 minutes about the best tasting cherry tomato in the world. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Elaine Cholino. Her book is Rue des Martyrs, The Street of Martyrs. And for Elaine, it's the only street in Paris. And Elaine, I love to hear you talk about these 
little intimate details that you could go through your life and, and never really appreciate. I mean, for a lot of us, butter is butter. I would imagine on, on your street, in fact, I love the way you describe uh, the different kinds of butters. You did it with, with just joy that there's such great opportunities for whatever butter you're in the mood for. You go into the cheese shop and they've got these three huge mounds of butter because we don't buy our butter in a little rectangle wrapped up in aluminum foil. You just get a chunk of it and you decide, do you want the one that's sweeter or do you want the one that's saltier or do you want the one that's creamier or do you want to have one that's a little harder and more crumbly? And then one day I took these different butters to do a taste test to the cafe across the street and sat there with my butters and my bread that I'd gotten from the bakery next door. And the guy from the cafe said, you want butter? I'm going to show you butter. And he went back to the refrigerator <laughs> and he pulled out this butter that he got from his brother-in-law from the Kabylie region of Algeria. It tasted like ripe cheese. It was like no, a butter I had never had in my life. But this is the kind of play and kind of fun we have on the street. Oh, and I, I can't even get a, a decent baguette on my street. I don't know where I would go for a baguette where I live. And you've got it, you got it hot out of the... We've got a choice. Oh, <laughs> We've got a choice. We've got a gazillion bakeries on this street. Now, Elaine, uh, your street is closed to traffic on Sunday mornings. Is that right? That's right. Now, tell us why that matters. Well, it's zoned so that the lower part of the street is open for pedestrians only on Sunday mornings so that everyone can be more efficient in bonding with each other and doing one's food shopping so that you can prepare the perfect uh, Sunday lunch with the ingredients that you're going to buy on the street. And it makes the street kind of like a, a block party every Sunday so that the lower part of the street on Sundays becomes a, a vehicle for politicians to hand out political tracts. And once a month, there's a free book exchange, but you don't even have to give a book to get a book. You just go there and you can grab as many books as you want. And it's a perfect way for an American visitor to um, you know, brush up on French because you can get all these uh, French books for free. You know, it seems like it's almost designed to make a stronger community. It is, but it's also a, a neighborhood that's changing, and it's changing very quickly, which is why I decided to write the book now. There are lots of new, chic little boutiques that are opening that sit side by side with the fishmonger or the butcher mm -hmm. or the greengrocer who's been there for decades. And uh, even though many of them are food shops, they are extremely upscale and sophisticated. So it's probably hard for the, the little one-off cheesemonger to compete with some of these chains. They better have rent control or better own the walls of their property. And that's how they can uh, stay in business. Because if they've been there forever, they've got protection. Yeah, because Barcelona just did away with its rent control. And mm -hmm. overnight, all the charming shops in the Gothic Quarter found themselves on the verge of extinction. I mean, it changed the character of the city. Yes, well, this is very different. I mean, in Paris, you still have this kind of protection, and I hope it always exists because it enables Paris to still retain some of this feel of normal people being shopkeepers and yeah, normal people yeah. taking real pride in selling their products that they happen to, to know about, too. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Elaine Cholino, and her new book is Rue des Martyrs. And it's really about how you can be a temporary local when you're traveling in Paris. It celebrates what's unique about this collection of villages that Paris is. It's featuring a street that is a, what did you call it, Elena, a designated artisanal street? Yes, it's protected by law. There is a law that went into effect in Paris uh, several years ago that says if an artisan goes out 
another artisan <sighs> comes in. You can't. There was a big crisis in the neighborhood when the fishmonger went out, <sighs> when the fish store went out, and everybody was afraid you were going to see a clothing shop. But it was illegal, and the mayor of our little neighborhood every day would run out to the wholesale market in uh, the outskirts of Paris at 5, 6 in the morning to lobby all the fishmongers to take over the shop. So they just appreciate this. This is family values. This is community. This is the fabric. It's of family this. values and community. Mm-hmm. And even today, I was out on the street, and there was one of these little chic shops that sells nothing except, uh, I don't know, Madeleine pastries. And the two shopkeepers are out on the street. They cannot mm-hmm. stand to be in their shop. <laughs> they're, they're standing at the doorfront, looking out at the neighborhood, just watching you know, who's walking up yeah. and down the street. Yeah. And this is, there still is a communion between the indoor and outdoor in Paris. And this is why cafe culture has survived. Mm-hmm. People sit in cafes as extensions of their living rooms, and they watch the world go by. I've really focused on a, on a similar street. I think you know Rue Claire. That's my favorite street. Yes. It's my only street. And um, there's also a lot of people will say that the other great street is uh, Rue Montregoy, which is near, yes. near yours, isn't it? Not too far. Yeah. Yes. So you're over... Um, I'm in the 9th arrondissement, south of Montmartre, so, due south of that big Sacre-Cœur, you know, that white, big white church. Yeah, Montregoy yep. is between uh, Sacre-Cœur and the river, and you're south. I'm south of Montmartre, yes, gotcha. south just of that top point of Paris, the highest point of Paris. So are there many streets like this, or is it these three? No, there are others, although you're naming three of the most important ones. Most I like mine because it's a little less known. You know, the Rue yeah. Claire is very, very chic, and it's right, you know, it's in the shadow of the Eiffel Tower, so you get yeah. lots and lots of tourists. And it's wonderful. It, it, that was my old neighborhood. And the Rue Montorgueil is, is great, too, but it, it's not mine. What's wonderful about this street is I was able to get to know the merchants and the artisans and hear their stories. Now, this is a great thing about being a journalist is Mm -hmm. you learn to talk to anybody about anything. It's wild to be able to learn about uh, 18th century mercury-driven barometers, for example, or about a transvestite cabaret that's been there for uh, almost 60 years. You write these beautiful little insights. I mean, there's a, a man in an old school shop that still restores these traditional barometers. Well, it's a woman, actually. She took it over from her father. Okay. And she is the only person in Paris to restore 18th century barometers that have mercury in them. And mercury is largely considered a very toxic substance. But yeah. there are exceptions in the law if you deal with antique apparatuses, appareils, that include mercury. So you can actually go into this Madame Gillery shop, and if she's not too busy, you can sit and watch her work. Hmm. Just to visit that, to visit any designated artisanal street in Paris will give you a different dimension of Paris that I think is really important for travelers to put on their list when they're going to be traveling there. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Elaine Cholino, and her new book is The Rue des Martyrs. For Elaine, it's the only street in Paris. And our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Skylar's calling in from Atlanta. Skylar, thanks for your call. Thanks. Hi, Rick. I'm calling because my husband and I are going to Paris. We've been several times, just the two of us, but this time we're taking our one-year-old son. And so we're not looking to do a lot of the touristy things, but we really just want to go and have picnics and take long walks and really sort of soak in the city. And so I wanted to ask whether... The Rue de Martyr would be a good place for young families, or if you have other ideas for places that would be fun with um, my husband, myself, and our young son. Well, if you're going to be staying in Paris for more than just a couple of days, I would urge you to rent an apartment and not stay in a hotel, especially if you have a very, very young son. 
you'll feel much more as if you belong in Paris. You'll feel as if you're part of the fabric of the community. And you can go to the Rue des Martyrs or a street like it and prepare your lunch. You know, buy your hot bread and buy your wonderful um, charcuterie and your cheeses and your fresh fruits and vegetables and take it home and put on some wonderful Edith Piaf music and Mm -hmm. feel like, hey, I belong here. (laughs) Nice. All right, Skylar, have a good time with your family trip. Thank you so much. Bye now. And James is calling in from Virginia Beach. James, thanks for calling. Rick, thanks for taking my call again. I see you're still challenged on your mastery of the French language. I cannot (laughs) pronounce French. Je comprends. (laughs) I just can't get it. I first... In 2010, I did seven days in Paris, and we stayed over near the Rue Claire and ate lunch a couple times on that. But you know, maybe I'm, it just occurred to me, James, I probably like Rue Claire because I can pronounce it. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, well, the lady, you know, the merchants along there in the markets and all the restaurants, they work with you and they smile with you if your French is mm-hmm. not very good. But my French is excellent, so I, I'm okay. <laughs> good. So, James, what's your favorite place in Paris? When I went back on my own, you know, being a, a retired person in my 60s, I, I stayed at a hostel over in the 10th arrondissement, which is right near the Place de la République, you know, near the canal, that canal Saint-Montaigne. Oh, yeah. So in the mornings, I would wander out and find somewhere to eat at the eateries, and in the middle of the day, I might, you know, go down to the touristy park and museum. But, but after 5 o'clock, I would come back with the peacefulness and the shops and the eateries and... One day, I, you know, I walked west, you know, went to the Rue de Martyre, and I walked up the Rue de Martyre, you know, looking at the artsy area and the shops, and, you know, just looking for, you know, a place to eat some supper. And then, you know, when you get all the way up to the Place de Abbesse, then I could ride the metro back to Republic, because it's, you know, it's all uphill when you're walking, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. But, it's an uphill street. So when I go back to Paris, I like to stay in these neighborhoods. You know, they're way out there on the edge. And you can feel like a Parisian for a couple of days. And, you know, you don't have to go down to the touristy sites, even though, you know, I've been to the museums. I've been to everything in Paris at least once. James, that, that sounds like good advice. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you very okay, much. Okay, take care. Bye. So, Elaine, the, uh, James was talking about the uh, St. Martin's Canal, the Canal Saint-Martin. Yes. It, that's a beautiful area, too, isn't it? It's a great area, and every uh, week or two, it seems as if there's something new happening there. There's some wonderful bookstores over there and wonderful little restaurants, mm-hmm. and a lot of young people just sitting along the canal. Uh, you know, our Skylar had asked about picnics with a small child. A lot of people picnicking on weekends, mm. and, and it's just this sense of that the city belongs to you, Mm. that is just so much fun. You know, that is a quintessential thing to do, especially in Paris, would be to go to a street like uh, the streets we're talking about and put together a picnic but have to visit four or five different shops and then enjoy it in a beautiful setting. Yes, well, the nice thing about Paris, whether you're working or you're not, is that it's, it's kind of like a living museum. And so you turn every corner and you... It's an adventure. You know, it's a visual yeah, adventure. Yeah. It's like a visual museum. And so it's hard to be really, look, you can get depressed anywhere in Paris. can be really, really gray in the wintertime, and it gets dark mm. at 4.30 in the afternoon. But, <laughs> you know, you walk past a shop, and you can smell a lemon tart. And, you know, you just have to say, there's something good about the world today. Uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful byproduct of travel in a lot of ways. 
This is Travel mm-hmm. with Rick Steves. We're talking with Elaine Chorino. Her new book is all about her adopted home street. Elaine, you've been living there for 10 years now. Describe your home, and are, are you accepted after 10 years as an American on this street? Well, I've lived in Paris for more than 13 years, and I've lived on this street for more than five years. I am accepted on this street, and one reason is that I come with a spirit not just of being a crazy American, but also with I have real pedigree because my grandfather taught me how to cook. My Sicilian grandfather taught me how to cook in Buffalo, New York, and my father was a small Italian food merchant in Niagara Falls, and he taught me how to sell and he taught me how to eat. And so I come with standing as a yes. person of standing because I I belong in a way that where I can relate because I come with my own history of of being a food person. Of appreciating fine points of life, probably beyond even just food. And, and that gives you your, a membership in this cultural club. Well, and we're talking mostly about food, but this is also a street. You know, we talked about the bookstores. We talked right. about the woman who repairs uh, barometers. But it's... Uh, you know, I, I love, imagine as an American going to a transvestite cabaret that's been in business for more than 50 years, and the and the owner, who's in his mid-80s, is so respected by the community that the president of France gave him the Legion of Honor mm. for his voluntary activities. It wouldn't happen in America. <laughs> it wouldn't happen in America. You are absolutely right. And thank goodness we have a chance to experience that in our travels. Elaine, thank you so much. And your book, Rue de Martyr, The Only Street in Paris, it'll inspire a lot of travelers to get beyond the museums and really feel the pulse and appreciate the the people magic of Paris. Merci bien. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rick. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.